Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five. Six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Weigh, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Weigh wherever you get your podcasts. Ask me, ask Eliza anything. It's time to ask. Ask me all your questions. Leave them in the Instagram Check, check. You hear, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> don't make fun of me because I said check. No, I just... I just you have I this think, way of giving a look where I'm like, oh, am I not as cool as I thought? No, awesome. I just have this suspicion that when you're checking, you're just saying it and you're not looking to see if the bars are moving on your little machine. <laughs> oh, you're absolutely right. This time I didn't because I did look right at you. I'm having... You ever have one of those days that's super hectic, but the stakes aren't that high. Oh, yes. (laughs) Like, it's just a lot of little things. And because I hate, I I book things back to back. I'm like, I get out of the meeting at 1.30. Let's take the call at 1.35 in the car. Like, I like to bulk things together so I can rest. But I, it just hit me out of nowhere. I was like, I'll carve out time to see a friend I haven't seen in three years. And I forgot my stepdad was coming to visit. And that like someone was coming over to do an installation. Like, just... You look up and there's like six people in your house and you're like, and then whatever. It was uh, just a lot. But the truth is nobody's interested in a mom. Nobody's interested in hearing about how someone else is busy. Yeah. Like I had an interview at Sirius XM radio and I went in and I was just like, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I'm here early. I just had to, my daughter has a fever and I was like, nobody cares. Like nobody wants to hear about someone else's kid. And then they're like, Ooh, are you sick? I'm like, no. I oh yeah. Too- nobody cares. She's fine. Uh, just one of those days that was just like in overdrive and I did it all to myself because you got to hustle. You got to feed your dog yellow carrots while she sits next to you. Why are they and yellow? I also want to say, because um, carrots can be yellow or purple. They're not all orange. <sighs> if we all just ate different varietals of vegetables, the world would be a healthier place. You don't have to eat everything that's waxy and shiny in the grocery store. Something I didn't know until I married Noah. <laughs> so I'm not any better than you. I was listening back to some of our episodes and I always want to give funny advice, but sometimes I think I like drill so hard into the advice that I'm like, you're also a comedian. So it, it, I shall endeavor to listen better and make sure the answers are hot, funny fire. It's a it's a balancing act because I think people write in. It's like, I think they don't know what they want. They want real advice. They're asking real questions. But yes, also they do want you to be funny. I think you walk the line well. Yeah, but like putting together a promo and I'm just like, if they do not respect you, <laughs> then you... Must acquit. And it's like, I'm sorry, (laughs) why are we tuning in for this? So just uh, take it in context and enjoy the pod. I'm glad we're here. (laughs) I'm intermittently turning off the mic so I can chew carrots and feed them to Tianfu. I just want to make sure it's being turned back on. I would honestly rather you leave it on and chew into it. I'm over how triggered people are by no, that. I've gotten better about it. We still, okay, everybody, we're going to do this at the top. Go ahead and leave a five-star review. Um, rate, subscribe, review. But we still get reviews that are like, I was listening to an old episode and Eliza was eating a carrot. And it's like, uh, uh, the statute of limitations has passed. <laughs> I watched an old episode of Frasier and the resolution wasn't that good. <laughs> like, okay, well, things have gotten better. Sorry, we're we weren't like it. perfect... On day one. Give me your questions. Okay. Give me your tired, your huddled masses. This 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 question 
this question, there was a line in here that really made me laugh, and we'll see if it if it speaks to you. Hey, gang. Texas teacher here and in need of some input on how to tell a coworker that they stink. Is this someone's responsibility, i.e. school counselor, principal, etc.? Do these coworkers have a, quote, right to stink and offend the school with their stench? For context, I just thought, do they have a right to stink? For context, as I mentioned, teacher in Texas, it is hot. There are two employees at my school that have recently caught my attention because they smell poorly. One of them happens to be a young, hippie lesbian. I think her issue is that her deodorant maybe runs out by the end of the day because— Maybe her deodorant is a a rock (laughs) she rubs on her armpits. I smell her when we're outside loading kids into cars for dismissal, and she smells like armpit BO. We're cool, and that could possibly be an easier convo, but I wouldn't say we're close enough for it to come from me. The other one is more concerning because her children attend our school and they smell too. When I've gotten close enough, I have smelled what I assume to be animal urine and an overall stench of clothes that haven't been washed for a while and bodies that haven't been showered. I know she has Mm. randomly made comments to other coworkers like, hey, sometimes the kids refuse to take showers, you know what I mean, and laughed. But it's bad, really bad. Other people on campus have noticed, and we all come to the same question. Who's going to tell her? Would love to hear your input. Thanks for you. All my love. Adri. That's a great question. And I totally thought your question was going to be like, how do I prevent active shooters from entering the classroom (laughs) while knowing karate and CPR and defending against nut allergies, also teaching creationism? First of all, I appreciate you being a teacher in the state of Texas. Second of all, you know, there's a question about rights. Like they always say your rights end at your neighbor's nose. And in this case, they go up into your neighbor's nose. (laughs) It's a tough thing because usually it's like a cultural thing or a choice. In this case, like case she's, you know, a hippie. She may not wear deodorant, which is her right. But I remember being on that flight, leaving Las Vegas, and this guy smelled so abhorrent that they escorted him off the plane. <gasps> like, uh, this wasn't like, oh, this is what your culture... This was like, oh, you deliberately slept in cat feces and then went into a microwave. And they made him get off. Now, this is obviously pre-COVID, so people listened more and hadn't lost their minds. This is definitely not something you should handle. This is something you should... I would focus more... Somebody being stinky outside, like, it's hot. Like, it's her personal choice. I know Texas doesn't like bodily autonomy, but (laughs) it's her choice to wear or not wear the deodorant. If it was impacting the kids, it might be different. The other one I would focus on, and I wonder if it's like a welfare check thing. Like to smell like animal urine is, I think it's worth reporting to the principal because yes. someone should say to her, your kids, because you might spread something to other kids and it shouldn't come from you. It should come from your superior. But yes. you should say something. Yeah. So that also like the kids are could be bullied. I think this is two very separate situations and you're exactly right that the second issue could be a case of neglect. You do not yeah. have to deal with that. Your supervisors do, the principal, the assistant principal. You tell them, and guess what? Then it's their problem, and they can write into the podcast and say, I'm a principal of a school. How do I tell yeah. this family that they're rolling in urine? That's separate. The the fr- the coworker you get along with who's stinky outside, I would also just, I would try to never stand near her outside and would not want to confront or talk about it ever. <laughs> it's tough because personal hygiene, for some reason— Everybody thinks they're great. Nobody takes feedback. No. Like, you're never allowed to be like, use. I got into an Uber in New Zealand and it was a Tesla. It was like a nice car. It reeked of body odor. And I rolled the window down and the woman was like, you're going to cool the car off. And I just went, <gasps> well, it smells in here. So I don't know what to tell you. I go, if you want me to leave, I will, but I need the window down. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, I need you to know that it's you. I'm not going to say it's you but I am going to exercise my fucking right to put this window down. Yeah. And I was like, if you don't want to give me the ride, I'll call another one. Like, I don't care. (laughs) People get really offended. Like, no, I would want to hear if I stunk, but people get very weird about these choices. I think it's so interesting because I think there's like these varying levels. Like, I think if you tell someone there's something in their teeth, right? They're going to be like, oh, whoops, okay. If you tell someone there's something in their nose, they're kind of like, oh. If you tell someone they smell, they're like, what? Like, there's these levels of what you will kind of respond to as like a thank you for the heads up versus a like, how dare you? And there's also like, I smell today because I was out all day. I didn't even realize it. I'm so busy. And then there's like, this is my choice. But by the way, I understand not wearing antiperspirant. I don't wear antiperspirant. 
but I don't understand not wearing deodorant, like something to mask it or at least washing off your armpits. But I think nobody is that self-aware. Nobody thinks they stink. Um, So yeah, but at the end of the day, none of these things, these are things your superiors need to deal with in between teaching people that they came from um, Adam and Eve. Yeah, that Texas heat, she could be using a natural deodorant and is just not cutting it. And that is up to her getting home and a friend saying, oh my God, I'm not having drinks with you. This is horrendous. Like you don't have to be the one to have that conversation. Yeah, war on drag queens. How about war on personal body odor choices? (laughs) The wrong enemy, folks. (laughs) You know who never smells bad? A gay guy. (laughs) You know who loves personal hygiene? The gays. It would be shocking to have a drag queen that smelled bad. Like, I would be so confused. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. A gay man is probably going to be more self-aware about grooming. A drag queen is going to be stinky. You are in eight pounds of hair and makeup, in a ball gown, doing high kicks while singing and teaching the children. You're going to be stinky. And you're a grown man. You're going to be stinko. Just leave Texas is the answer if you don't want stench. Go north. Please stay and fight the good fight. It's no secret that fast fashion and the demand for fashion in general is helping to wreck our planet. Well, introducing Newly. Newly is a subscription clothing rental service. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. Access to thousands of styles from more than 400 brands with inclusive sizing. And they have fast free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. Plus the option to buy what you love. I gifted Newly to a friend whose daughter works in an office where you have to be presentable and it's trendy. She gets to try out stuff. She always looks fresh at work. She always looks cute. And when she's done with it, which we usually are after wearing something for a while, she can send it right back. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code ELIZA20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code ELIZA20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code ELIZA20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza. Emily. Go north, go north to Oklahoma where it's better. (laughs) 
Hey, Eliza and Emily, AIA listeners and Little Snow Peach. I just purchased tickets today to see your new show in Denver. So excited. Yes. Start off. What took you so long? (laughs) Maybe they bought them as entry to like, maybe Maybe. if I buy these tickets, someone will answer my question on the podcast. We will buy the tickets and we'll answer. (laughs) No. No. Say that. We can't be bought. Yeah. Yeah. I want to start off by saying I love my boyfriend's mother. My boyfriend, 27, let's call him Kirk, and I, 25, have been together for almost six years. We own a home together and have two dogs. Both are about 45 pounds, ages two and one. They are well behaved. Six years, 45 pounds, two plus one, three, 48, plus the six, 54. Keep going. <laughs> They're well behaved dogs, though a little spoiled as we don't have any kids yet. Thanksgiving is at Kirk's mother's house this year, two and a half hours from our house. I will be traveling with my parents in New Zealand for November and will be unable to attend. Since our parents live close together, we usually stay with my parents, leave the dogs there when we go to visit with his family. We do this because Kirk's mother doesn't like to have the dogs at her house. I don't necessarily think it's because she hates them, but she gets overwhelmed. Because if they are there, they just lay on the floor and hang out. Their house is a good size, but it's broken up, so rooms are small. When you get more than four to five people in a room, it feels full. And these dogs are, like, people-sized, it sounds like. They also don't have a fenced yard, meaning dogs have to go outside on a leash and can't be put outside when it's convenient. When Kirk's mom has family over, she does everything for everyone and can get herself very worked up. I think the dogs not being something she's familiar with or can control makes it worse for her. This Mm -hmm. year, it will just be Kirk, his sister, her husband, and their two kids. The sister has a dog, they were probably bored. Since we have two dogs, we can't really afford to board them. Plus one is very anxious and does not do well being away from us. I am all for people setting their own boundaries. However, she very passively, aggressively texted Kirk this weekend to make sure he was coming to Thanksgiving and not bringing the dogs. Even yeah. though she knows I'll be out of town as well as my parents, meaning the dogs cannot stay with them. Even when we leave the dogs when my parents visit, when my parents visit, go back to stay with my parents, she gets upset because we don't stay with her. I just feel bad about dumping the dogs with them and not hanging out with them. We don't want to stay with her if we can't bring the dogs. We were more than two months out from this event, and that is what she is obsessing about. I guess I'm just curious how you would handle the situation. We are tired of the same conversation and run around every holiday or event at their house. I would understand if they cause trouble, but they're good dogs when they're there, especially for their young ages. Any advice you have on the subject would be appreciated. First of all, um, this is what the holidays are. It's people losing their minds, and the holidays are about having the same conversation over and over every year until somebody dies, which they will. So don't forget that. Hmm, number two. Number two, um, they're not her dogs and they are big dogs and they take up space and she already has so much going on and they may be perfect angels. Usually we see our pets with, just like we see our kids with rose tinted glasses, like Tianfu is sweet angel baby, but she will follow my cleaning man around the house harassing him. And it's like, he puts up with it and he gives her treats and there is nothing I can do. I will take her out of the room and she will go and find him. And because I love her so much, I'm like, oh, but like, that's annoying. Her barking is annoying. And it doesn't bother me as much because I'm used to it. So whatever the dogs do or represent to her, it's in her space. And other people's pets are annoying unless it's a small dog and it truly is like a quiet and something's wrong with it, it's a pain in the ass. You need to start now asking friends. You need to start now saving up some money and you need to respect, I hate this, that that's just how it is. They don't want her there and they're trying to be cool about it. Your parents are okay with you dumping the dogs and that is a role that parents play. Like you can do things to your parents that you can't do to your friends. It's okay for 24 hours to board a dog. He will be fine. And if he's not, I'm not a, I don't medicate my pets. What? Two dogs. But only the one has the anxiety. So I'm just saying. right. Everybody likes to think their pet has anxiety. Yeah, Tianfu does not like going in the car, but she survives it. She doesn't like going to the groomer, but she gets over it. So maybe there's a medication. Maybe there's a friend that can watch that one. You board the other. Start asking around. Hey, we're going to leave at 6 a.m. We will be back at noon the next day. Right. You have two months to make these accommodations um, or to find someone to watch them. Maybe it's a, a dog sitter. 
Right. But start asking your friends for recommendations. Do they have a sitter they trust? Did, does someone want to stay at your place for a few days? I mean, I think the, there you go. part of the issue here is that even if these dogs are perfect angels, somebody who already is having like four or five people come stay with no. them, who's going to watch the dogs? Like maybe Kirk doesn't always keep a good eye on the dogs and the mom knows that. Like she doesn't, she isn't obligated to have these dogs stay with yes. her. You've you're leaving. You're somewhere else. These so are your pets. You yeah. This isn't like a small chihuahua that sits in your bag. And by the way, like we have a dog, but we're not a dog friendly house. I don't like people bringing their dog because there's always something. There's oh somebody had an accident. I'm like it's your dog. Right. It was your dog that had the accident. Oh this got chewed. Oh can they go out? Oh we left the dish out. It's annoying. Yeah. And so I get where the mom's coming from and you have these two months. And what if you were both going to, I guess if you were both going to New Zealand, you'd leave it with the parents, but maybe the parents have, have someone, you know, that can, maybe the dogs can stay at the parents' house and some a sibling house sits. Get creative. You have two full months lead time. Yeah. This is not on the mother-in-law to solve at the end of the day. Forget being passive aggressive. She's hosting Thanksgiving at her house. She's had you before. She wants to do everything for everyone. And I, as a host, you want to do that. And you don't need these two uh, Godzilla-sized dogs just <laughs> loafing around in the way. Well, at the end of the day, Kirk needs to be like, oh, look, if you want me there, for, I will come for the whole day. I will come for dinner, but then I need to drive back home and be with the dogs or I can bring the dogs That might be me. the like, other thing. That might be the other thing. And the dogs stay home and you can, he leaves food and you come later. Yeah. That's it. But it's really not your problem right now because you'll be out of town. <laughs> yeah. Hey, guys. I feel like you get Wait. This- Again, and I always give this advice, whatever the decision, it has to come from him. Yeah. Do not pit yourself against the mother. Mm-mm. He's the one staying. He has to get creative with it. Right. Do not make it about you versus her. Okay. Hey, guys. I feel like you get this kind of question a lot, but here it goes. My friend and I are in our mid-20s and have known each other for six-ish years now. The problem is we have started to grow apart, mostly because she just irritates me. She is a performative social justice warrior, is always late, takes over conversations to the point where you can't get a word in edgewise, has zero self-awareness when she's in the wrong. She can be pleasant and a good time. I just find myself getting annoyed earlier and more frequently with her on the whole. I didn't address things earlier, tried to let things go, and now it would come off as an attack on her whole personality. She's not a bad person. We used to hang out alone all the time. It's just been the past six or so months that things are different. The kicker is... We are supposed to go to a concert together in a few months, so the friendship has to survive until then at least. She's not a bad person. She doesn't deserve being cut off completely with no warning. I've been trying to reduce communication and be more distant friends, but she doesn't take the hint. How do I either save the friendship or cut ties without it being a huge conflict? P.S. Been a huge fan since high school. Oh, thank you. And you were just in high school recently, I'm assuming, because you're in your early 20s. You're not 40 and saying mid 20s. Mid 20s. No, I know. Um, you know, it's tough because the concert, that doesn't matter. Yeah, you want to go to the concert, but you shouldn't stay friends with her just for that. I mean, people get divorced and still go to see Beyonce together because you have these tickets. I do think, and you don't want to cut her off completely. But because you have nothing to lose, you don't want to pile on and be like, you're always late. You're always this. You're always that. I would pick the thing that makes it the most difficult. And you should just say to her, be like, and I don't know what aspect of it bothers you the most. You can't tell someone their ethics are performative because everybody will get offended. But I would take, I would sit down and I would dig deep. Like, what is it that bothers you? Mm -hmm. Is it that she is a liar? Is it that she... Doesn't have any follow through. She's scolding you. Yeah. So I don't know. I can't tell from the litany of things you provided, like what is it that bothers you? But I would find a way to be like, hey, like I just want to put this out there. Like I like hanging out with you, but sometimes you kind of go on these like political rants and it's just, I just don't want to have that conversation with you. Or if it's the late thing, like, hey, I just, I feel like you're often late. You could even make a joke, be like, I'm asking you early because you're always late. She'll get so offended, but then that's on her to deal with it. And to prove, I had a friend call me cheap once and it broke my heart. Oh, yeah. And I never forgot. And I'm not. And I'm like, no. I'm sorry that I don't tip every bartender $20 because I was never a bartender. But like, like she just 
went out to bars differently. And I always remembered that she said that. And so I always like go out of my way to be like, I'll put down my card. <laughs> There's also at 26, cause I was around that age. Like there's things that you just don't know. And she's growing up on the internet. And so I would pick the thing that makes it the hardest and just say that one thing. Cause if you give her a list of things, she'll be like, wow, you obviously hate me. Yeah. She also sounds like she can't take any constructive criticism, but I would pick the thing that if she were a bitch about it, you'd be okay being like, okay, well, I said what I said. You gotta, you gotta pick your battles. You can't pick her apart totally and you're definitely not perfect, which she will remind you when you're criticizing her. But I would take the thing that makes it hardest. What was the list? It was she's always late, performative. Form of social justice, always late. Something else. She's annoying, basically. She's just, she's irritating her. And I get that where suddenly someone is like rubbing you the wrong way. You could also just say it. Be like, dude, like, it's annoying. You can just say that. Like, what? You'd be like, you post all this stuff on your Facebook, but then you, like, have all these racist jokes. Like, give her a concrete example because even if she pokes a hole in it, at least it will be out there and she will be aware of it. I also wonder if you guys have just, like, what have you been doing to hang out? Like, are you just now at the point where you're just sitting there and she's just talking, annoying you? Like, maybe the concert will be a great way to reconnect when you're doing something fun and exciting that you've maybe. been looking forward to. Or maybe but then again, you're done. Friendships are supposed to be fun and only women do this, where it's like, she's okay and I don't want to cut her off. You don't have to cut her off. And like, I appreciate that she's not getting the hint, but like, you still don't have to hang out with her. But you should be able to say, here's this thing that you do. And I, I got to call you. I got to call it out because mm-hmm. I want us to be friends, but I want to talk about this. Or just say it more flipping like, dude, like you always bring this up. Like it's a nut. Like I don't want to hear about it. Yeah. Because what's the worst that can happen? She doesn't want to be friends anymore. There you go. Hi, Eliza. I have a question for the pod. So my fiance of two years and I broke up about two months ago. I learned a lot from the relationship, despite it being hot slash cold. I believe we ended things because he developed a delirious state of mind from excessive drug abuse. This saddened me to see his decline and often felt like I was the problem. He would get in his head while high and accuse me of times he thought I cheated. I tried for so long to help him through these episodes, but eventually decided to leave for my safety and both our sanity. I up and left, moving across the country where I am thriving now. I started therapy, going to the gym, healthy eating, even made a few new friends. I still think about him a lot, though, often, and cry myself to sleep. I hate to leave things with him, believing all those terrible lies about me. Things at home are messy, too. My family got involved with the relationship towards the end and are now not speaking to me because of my life choices. Turns out my ex had texted them personal information about myself that I did not plan to bring into the light with them. Nude photos and videos, personal stories. <gasps> he even went to the extent to tell them the delirious stories he has in his head. I am heartbroken that he still hasn't woken up from this and that he thinks the woman who loved him would do such a thing. Also, enraged he would betray me and my trust that I gave him to tell him my personal information. My question is, how am I to deal with this weird combination of feeling hatred towards him and longing for the guy I fell in love with? P.S. Thank you for everything you do. We loved seeing you in Philly 2021 and often had your Netflix specials playing in the background while cooking. Now I listen to your advice pod at work and love to hear the advice you give. So you got a good you got a good joke for this one? Come back and see me at the Met. I'll have plenty of jokes for you there in Philly in November. Couple things here. You are well within your rights to hate him. I kind of want to focus on the fact that your family is upset with you. How dare they not take your side? Regardless, I feel like you're leaving something out. Maybe you had an abortion. Maybe you did something like that so the religiously or ethically. That she said, she put in presence, she said, you don't have to read on the pod, but that the things that he told them she did, cousin fucking, dog abuse, and cheating. So- okay, Did you do any of those? I would guess no. <laughs> okay, maybe you had sex with your cousin, um, but- The fact that I don't they know. believed him is a big well, problem. The fact that they are, this is your blood. And I'm guessing, I don't know if this is your parents. If it's not your parents, then the unconditional love sort of isn't there. The big issue, I don't know if you did all those things. If you did, they may not want to be your friend and I and your relative. And I kind of get that. So I don't know who did what, but let's say it is your parents. It's his word against yours. And even if you did those things and they know you did, 
you have to frame it because I I really wish we knew what you did, what you did. Let's say he's making it up. He's making all of it up. Let's let's that way. Okay. It's really weird that your family, like I'm wondering what it is about you. Like why would your family believe him over you? Uh, here's what I'm thinking because she says that he shared uh, nude photos, videos, right. and stories. First of all, that's so, illegal. Yes, there is. Yeah, revenge porn is a thing. But let's say, I don't, maybe not abortion because I think they would have mentioned that, but I think maybe along those lines of like a video of her doing drugs, uh, a sex act that is not common, like these things. And her parents are like, this is not how we raised you. Okay. By taking, by believing him, it's not even necessarily that they're taking his side because it's not like they're accepting him into the family. The family issue is separate. That's really unfortunate, but I don't have all the details. Um, and maybe you, I don't know, maybe you do do unquestion, uh, questionable things and maybe they're like, that's that's it. That's the tipping point. I have no idea. But you were wanting to know, how do I reconcile hating someone who betrayed me? You're mad at him for becoming this drug-addled lunatic because you're like, we had a life together. And you have this addiction issue that's made you not just an addict, but like evil. And you've ruined my life. But it's totally valid that you romanticize and miss the man that you loved. I will be a thousand percent honest. Like I wrote that whole movie good on paper and it hurt because you had envisioned a future with, with the person. Like he was an awful, disgusting person and he was nothing that he said he was, but still mourning the ghost of what someone was and what they represented to you is a very real thing. It was very real to you. And in your case, this person was real. And then they did a 180. I would allow yourself to be okay with that. I really would. I know you're in therapy. I hope they'll say this to you, but like I would allow yourself to grieve the loss of that person that no longer exists. They basically died. Mm -hmm. And I would compartmentalize that. And you can also hold this cognitive dissonance of also being fucking angry. But in the moments when you miss them, because I don't think you're at risk for like going back to that person, allow yourself to live out those good times in your head. That's like saying like your dad was an alcoholic. I don't want to think about my good childhood before it became worse. Like you're allowed to think about the good things. You can't control that. And that's your, it's normal. So don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, you really did. I mean, this person, they moved cross country. They got a therapist. They started you exercising. Did you did everything. This guy could not tank your life. You have escaped yep. it. And it's go. so sad that this has happened to him, but there is nothing more you can do for him. You're, I don't even think you care about revenge because that still means someone occupies space in your brain. And when I wrote that movie, I was like, this isn't about revenge. Like this is about an artist processing something. You've done everything you can to move on. So it's okay if you think about something good once in a while. Yeah. It, it really is. And it doesn't hurt anyone. These are your deep, dark thoughts. And thank God you got out. Give yourself credit because a lot of people would have gotten bogged down with that person. That's the kind of relationship where it's like, and then he ruined my credit. And then we had a baby. And then he lost his job. Like, good yeah. for you. He was never going to slow you down. You were always going to keep rising. And you'll figure out the parent thing later. And by the way, everybody fucks animals. No. And by the way, everybody does weird sex things and drugs and I, and things that you confide in people. Like, do not be ashamed. Like, it's fucking embarrassing because it's your family. But like, oh, well, sorry, a lunatic betrayed me. How dare you guys not be on my side? Again, assuming you didn't like fuck a goat. You may have fucked a goat. I'm trying to think. I'm like, I think if my parents, if somebody just sent my parents like a like what is on my phone? I don't think it would go well for me. I don't know how unconditional their love is. You'd be like, Emily, it's enough. It's enough screen grabs of Rosolian Isles, both the cat and the show. <laughs> how many stills of Gilmore Girls do you have <laughs> marked important? All right, so that's it. So give yourself a break. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with 
someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Eliza. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, "Mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. Hi, a crew. Eliza, we used to call our babies frogs when they were tiny and squishy and snuggled up on our chest. And I love that you gave that moniker to Sierra. Thank you, ladies, for always talking about your animals and all the wonderful and hard things that come with being a fur mom. We lost our sweet pup a month ago very suddenly. And it's always nice to know you're not alone in that crushing grief. The question, unrelated. This person's just hitting all the all the points. How can I get my in-laws to appreciate that although they very much value things and newest slash best, my husband and I don't and don't appreciate them constantly trying to spend our money for us? The context. I, 37 female, grew up on the poorer side and my husband, 36 male, grew up middle slash upper middle class. I work in healthcare and after many years in private practice, went into public health, specifically the homeless community. My husband works hard at a business he and his uncle have built from the ground up. As a team, he and I have become debt-free besides the house and with our two kids live in a tiny home in a suburb of Denver. We pay cash for everything. We don't spend more than we make and we're careful with our spending because I make much less at my job than I would in private practice. We have sacrificed so that I can do my dream work and our kids can go to a small private school. My in-laws are obsessed with always having the newest and best things. Specifically, my sister-in-law and her husband, they're constantly talking about how much they make. They always have something bigger and better than what they had before. Houses, cars, campers, showing us their purchases, explaining why we need this or that. It's egregious and wasteful. We just smile and nod and then ignore them. Lately, they've been trying to guilt my husband and I into buying things. First, they wanted to replace a tube, think water sports, that had popped the previous year, which our kids and their kids use. Instead of replacing it with an identical one, my brother-in-law insisted we need one that was double the price and asked us to split the cost. I asked him to wait to order it and I would check the budget to see. The next day when my husband told him that we couldn't swing it, but would be more than happy to split the cost of the identical replacement, my brother-in-law said he'd already ordered the more expensive one that morning. Then my husband's parents had to put their pup down while we were all on vacation together about three hours away from home. The ashes were ready before we had to leave, but my in-laws said they wanted to come back and get them another day, driving three hours one way, three hours back. I don't see why, but it was their choice. My sister-in-law stated we needed to buy them a hotel room so they could stay overnight instead of driving both ways in one day. I said no. 
I'd already been the one to drive them into town when the dog got sick and sat with them while they put her to sleep, held them while they cried, and brought flowers and sweet treats to them that same day. I showed up for them in a genuine way. So I wasn't keen to throw money away after I'd already spent time and money on this heart-wrenching experience. The rest of the time we spent with them, my sister-in-law was a total B to me because I refused. These are just examples of many instances over the years we have dealt with. Our budget is tight. We don't need the extra pressure. I'm grateful for the way you have with words helped me shut this shit down. Can't wait to see you in Denver in three weeks. My mom and I have our VIP passes and I'm going to unabashedly fangirl out. Much love, P. I love that P does see the value of a, of a VIP pass. They budgeted for that. I love that that's what you spent your money on. You know what? And that's just good old-fashioned spending habits. P, first of all, thank you for being in healthcare. And more importantly, thank you for coming to see me at Ball Arena in Denver. <laughs> Take us at Liza.com slash tour. You know, unfortunately, we live in a world where emotional support and acts of service and being there for people is not seen as valuable as material things. And part of that is because we live in a world where people in general are so financially destitute that it's like, mm, thoughts and prayers don't matter. I need a $25 Walmart gift card. Sometimes when people make more money than someone else, you look at the people who aren't making as much money and you're like, you have the money. Like they see that you have a house, they see that you're debt-free and they see that your kids go to a private school. So they probably feel that you're just being obtuse. And you might be a little fastidious. You might be overly cautious. It's okay because it's part of the way that you grew up and it's the way that you choose to live. And there's nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with not splurging on a bunch of bullshit. Um, and who knows, by the way, they might be in a ton of debt. They might lease all those cars and not own their home. You don't know. Most people act like they have a lot of money and they don't really actually own anything, which is also okay. I think what it's going to come down to, because for the most part, you're like, okay, well, those are your choices. You might actually have to sit down and say to them, we don't make anywhere near the amount of money you guys do. And I just want to come out and state that because we have a very specific way that we live so that we can provide the most for our kids. But there's going to be a lot of times that we just can't meet you halfway. And we totally understand if it precludes us from doing things with you. But we want to be transparent because we don't want it to be uncomfortable when we hang out. We always want to see you guys. But we don't want it to be uncomfortable for us. We don't want to have to spend money that we kind of don't have because while $100 isn't that much to you, that means we can't do something as a family on Sunday. You know, you don't have to go into it, but you can just say, and there's no shame in like, we don't make as much money and we choose to spend our money on the things that we do and we just have a tighter budget. If they can't understand that or won't understand that, then you just see them less. Parents too, but I say do it in one shot with all of them. Be like, we just want to talk about this. We love seeing you guys, but we just, it's happened a couple times and that's not your fault. I think we weren't, transparent enough with the fact that we just can't afford these things. Don't put it on them. Don't make it like you guys are rich assholes. Well, here's what's going on is that they're trying to get you to subsidize the lifestyle they want. They want to. That's what I'm saying. But I'm. it's like, so you should, and you're already saying no, but you should feel no qualms saying no because every single time it's them trying to get you to pay for something so that they look good, so that they get their kids the better tube, so that they give the parents a and night And that's why I'm saying- and that's why I'm saying, you'd be like, we have our limits. And so yeah. if we can't, it's okay if our kids can't use that tube. Like yeah. we just live within our means and we can't keep stretching. We can't meet you halfway. We don't have the same amount of money and we don't want pity or anything. We just, we need that to be an understood moving forward. And we'll always try to do what we can. But if we can't, it's not us trying to be difficult. Like just put it out there and, and see what they say. Yeah. They're going to be like, they'll be like oh, what's the big deal? Right. And you know what? On this podcast, sometimes I'm like, what's the big deal? It's $50. Well, for some people, that is a lot. Yeah. And I just don't like, again, that they're spending, these people are spending our question askers money. They are making the decision to spend money. It's, that's right. It's just that, ugh, it's so annoying. They're like, please always ask. We will always do what we can, but we can't always do the things you guys want to do. And if it means we can't participate, we understand that too. But we just wanted to be honest with you because we do like spending time with you. Yeah. You gotta. You have to say what you mean because right now it's just you kind of being like, mm-hmm, well, I don't know. We can't come right out. It's not about like admitting you're poor. It's about stating your limits 
and letting them know like from the highest light, but we do want to hang out. We just don't want anyone to be uncomfortable. And we don't want you to feel that we're not doing it deliberately. We have things that we like to pay for. And with the little money we have, we spend it on the kids. Yeah. Or the private school or whatever. But yeah. I think a lot of times people write in and it's it's not about being passive aggressive, but it's like, you know, and I've dropped hints. It's like, sometimes you need to just say where you stand. Right. Let the As we discussed with the fall. tubes, as we discussed with the hotel room, we have a clear budget. We need to figure out if something is within our budget. We cannot just suddenly do decide to go halvesies on something. So please let us know anything in advance and we will determine if it is or is not a fit. And then You don't need to say that. Well, you just take all my advice from the beginning, exactly as I said it, because Emily's just using my answer, pretending it's hers. She's just, she's a charlatan. I'm copying off you. She's copying off my paper for once. Someone finally is. <laughs> Highlights. Emily Tianfu and all the AIA crew for some question ask her longtime fan. Love the pod. I am a 28-year-old female, a nurse, and mine is a bridesmaid question. <gasps> Shocker. I know. LOL. Keeping it anonymous because I've made some of the bridal party listener podcasts. Whoa. Made. Force them. Come Make on. The rest. Only some. <laughs> I'm a bride. Get that groom party in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bridesmaid, one of my best friend's weddings this month, and it's a huge bridal party. My problem starts at the bachelorette. One of the girls, we'll call her Annie, got super oh. drunk and went missing from a concert we all went to. We had planned the whole bachelorette Oof. around this concert. I found her wandering the streets in front of the wrong hotel after over an hour of us all looking over, all over the city. When I found her, she was gushing about how fun this is. We are going to be friends forever. I met her less than a month before at a different wedding event. Blah, blah, classic drunk girl stuff. I could tell if I called her out on being drunk, she would flip. So I checked the high road and said I lost my room key and needed her to let me in. We were sharing a room. So we could go inside to wait for everyone to get back. Annie flipped. She started screaming at me that I was treating her like a baby, setting her up, that I was trying to turn the rest of the bridal party against her. The other girls started to join us and they jumped in to help since Annie clearly wasn't listening to me. She started talking about me and glaring. I go upstairs and start getting ready for bed. I'm upstairs for maybe five minutes and I get a call that Annie suddenly decided she wanted to leave and fly home right then and there at 1 a.m. She says the only way she'll stay is if she gets to switch rooms because she can't even stand to look at me. Tell me she's in the elevator, coming to the room and I need to get out so she can pack her stuff without seeing me. I just pretend to be asleep. Great idea, right? wrong because she somehow hates me so much after literally one day together she sees me sleeping and just starts asking the other girl sharing our room how she can be friends with me when I'm such a terrible person she said she wants to throw all my clothes out the window and ruin my life that I was the favorite and trying to ruin her with the bride's family she was going to play the long game and ruin my relationships like this girl went in I stayed laying there while the other girl in our room talked to her for over an hour trying to calm her down and convince her to just to not leave so abruptly because she was clearly not doing well and very drunk. I know. Let her fucking leave. I laid oh there my God. <laughs> typing okay, out what she was saying on my notes. I can't believe I you laid there. Laid there and whole typed thing. out what she was saying on the notes <laughs> so app crazy. from across the room under the blankets. I love that. I, I love that. Sitting there writing down exactly what she's saying. The next day. <laughs> Who has... The mental fortitude, like, I'm still going to have my eyes closed, <laughs> the, but I will be writing this down. And I'm not breathing. Okay, next day. The next day, day Annie wasn't there when I woke up. I texted me to let her know that I was awake, and she came back to our room and simply said, I overserved myself. Sorry if I took it out on you. I'm debating if I should leave. I was like, uh, yeah, you did, but this is about our friends. So let's just make sure she has fun the rest of the trip. I was so mad, but I didn't want to blow up and make it more of an issue. So now the wedding is coming. It's like a four-day affair and I'm so nervous. How do I uh, be in a whole ass prep day with nails and spa, rehearsal dinner, wedding, after party with this chick who is so ridiculously rude and degrading to me, but doesn't even know I know what she said. I know the few friends in the bridal party will all be seated together, so I won't be able to avoid her. And we all committed to Thursday through Sunday for all the festivities. Oh my I know God. Eliza's going to think something happened prior between myself and Annie and say she needs more info. No, but I don't. No, I don't. We were talking about visiting each other back home and talking about how it was crazy. It took so long for us to meet. She was buying me drinks earlier in the day, saying how much fun we were having before she totally lost her shit. I'm getting so nervous. I don't want yeah, to put yeah, any yeah. more stress on the bride by talking to her about it, but I am anxious. Does the bride not know about all of that? I, 
I mean, it seems like they tried to shield her from Annie. I would assume she heard some of it. Okay, Thanks. first of Still all. I'm trying to figure out where and when I can see you on tour because this wedding and my cousin's wedding are the only dates you're in cities close to me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, bridesmaid in crisis. Skip the wedding, come see me. Okay, first of all, right. how close are you with this bride? It sounds like, let's see, one of one know. of my know. best friends. Now, I'm already suspicious of someone who has multiple best friends, but okay, one of my best friends. It's tough because you don't want to call her and be like, because everyone's always like, look, I don't want to put this on you. But first of all, Annie will do something like this again. This was not oh. a one-off. Or Annie mixed her medication with alcohol. And she will do that again. She will do it again. She, like one of my best friends did at my wedding. Uh, and she will hopefully flip out at the wedding and then people will see the true colors. Unfortunately, you cannot rely on other women to protect you. Like people like, oh, well, that was weird. Like, sorry, she flipped out on you. Like no one's going to like come to your rescue. No one's going to say to Annie, you cannot drink at this wedding. No one's going to like take your side and get, it's not like you guys are all sisters and it's like, listen, Annie, like right. here's, we know that you do this. She has an alcohol problem. Because that is not a normal way to be. And I there's a special place in hell for the girl that like leaves the party and wanders around because it makes it all about her. She also going into this didn't like that you're close to the bride. That's in the back of her mind because you don't just make this stuff up. If you just met someone, you're obviously closer to the bride. If you tell all of this to the bride, She's going to be like, what do you want me to do? I can't uninvite her. We've been friends since we were in the asylum together. <laughs> so you have three choices. The first is you go, you stay as far away from her as possible. You talk to the other girls, you ignore her. And if she talks to you, be like, hi, how are you? And then if she says anything, be like, I... I can't have what we had the other night. Like, I just want nothing to do with this. Hopefully that sends her to enough of a fucking spiral that she goes out and gets drunk and gets arrested and then she's not your problem. So you just keep a distance and be civil, but you don't have to be cordial. And no matter what she says, you're like, this is about Susan today and I, you said a lot of horrible things and I just want to give you your space. Treat her like the lunatic she is. And enough people will hear it and they'll be like, Annie, like, let her alone. Like, she doesn't want to talk. I'm just... I'm here for, just keep it about, I'm just here for the bride. You can gaslight her a little. The other thing you can do, and I don't know if I recommend this, you pull her aside and you'd be like, I want you to know some of the things that you said to me that everybody else heard. And I want you to know, I don't take it personally. There's no real reason to do this because I'm just like, there's a version where you're like, I want you to know what a fucking psycho you are and I'm not going to tell the bride because it's about her. But you, the next day being like, I overserved myself. You should know for your own mental health <laughs> and receipts what you said. And she'll be like, I don't have a problem with you. And you'll be like, this is not about me, but you should know. She will probably start drinking then. What you really want is for her to get so drunk that she ruins them. And then the other version is you don't go. But if this person means a lot to you and you want to be there, I've, I go with option one and just deflect, deflect, deflect and let her take it out on someone else. The other version, there's another version. This one takes a lot of energy, but you can be done. You show up and it is basically your wedding day. You show up looking fantastic and you are congenial. You are running for homecoming queen. Hey girls, how are you guys doing? Everybody's looking great and you ice her out. And you are having the best time. Can I help anyone with anything? I'll go last. I'll get my pedicure. You guys have fun. Oh my God, tell me about that new job. And you be every, it takes a lot of energy, but it feels very good to ignore a fucking weirdo. You can also play like the Miss Texas card and do it that way and just pay her no mind and watch her spiral. But all of these should involve giving her almost, almost no attention short of her coming up to you and being like, I need to apologize and even if she does, you still are going to keep your distance. You do not want to be friends with this girl. But the bride's not going to uninvite her because the bride knows this girl's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, this is, I mean, look, the other women saw what happened. You're with them. You're going to spend five minutes with a bride and then you're going to be at a table with all these loons and you just need to not get, uh, not get wrapped up. Don't let her bait you. Don't engage. And you know what? She, you're at the buffet table. She walks up. You walk away. I'm like, oh, hi. Walk away. 
Cause she will, and then she'll get drunk. She'll be like, I just want to talk to you. And you should be like, I don't know you guys. She's like yelling at me. You make it like she is an unhinged, certifiable, crazy person who just came up to you on the street. You're like, I don't know. I'm just like trying to make sure that this wedding is nice. Yeah. Gaslight her. That's, I never give that advice. That's what I would do. Or just don't go and come see me. Okay. Right. One more. I'm sorry. There's one more. There's one more version and you're not going to do this. Because those other women won't stick up for you. Women don't do that in their 20s. Not like this. You can mutiny and you can all sign a letter that says, we don't want Annie at your wedding. Be like, I'm happy to kick her out for you. Like we all are uncomfortable with it. But chances are they're not because only you bore the brunt of her craziness. But they're not going to stick up with you. So stick up for you. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on. Hey, Liza and Emily. Been listening since the pod came out and I love it. I finally worked up the nerve to write in. So here it goes. I am a 40 female from LA. All of my friends are married and I am single. That's not really my issue, but from what I've noticed, none of my friends are very happy. Maybe I'm just someone they feel comfortable with venting to, but after seeing my dad get married four times and observing my friends' marriages, I've been scared off from it altogether. I'm content with myself and enjoy being alone, to be honest. I've been single for a few years, but sometimes I do miss sharing my life with someone. Dating apps in LA are awful. So do you have any advice on how I can inch my way back into meeting people? I know it's a hard truth that this is how dating is now, but it's honestly boring to me. I'm realistic enough to know that I'm not going to bump into someone at a grocery store and rom-com my way through meeting, but apps can't be the only answer. Please help. Thank you so much. Love, Kay. You tell your friends who love you so much, you would like to date someone. Do you know anyone? You'd be surprised how little your married friends actually think about you and your happiness. I happen to be someone that loves to set people up, but you'd be surprised when women like get their husband, like how little they think about their friend's happiness. Now, granted, it's not their job. Start with your friends. You don't have to be desperate about it. Be like, I'm really trying to date seriously. And if you know anyone who you think would be great for me and sit there for a second, let them think about it. Mm -hmm. Put that out there. Put that out into the universe that you are open and you are looking. Talk to your coworkers. You don't have to be lame, but just be like, yeah, I just went out. You know, any good guys, you know, whatever. And that, that begins something or they'll have a conversation. They'll be like, oh, you know what? Actually, I have a friend that's single. Okay. Make sure you're not ugly. That's number two. Number three. I would not be so quick to write off dating apps. And this is not about like, because I met my husband on one. Dating Mm -hmm. in LA is the punchline of every joke. It's been the punchline of my jokes. Like it is hard. Dating is difficult, especially the older we get, but it is a numbers game. And you have to get really good at knowing who's wasting your time. Did they ask for a nude pic right away? Did they not respond? Did they take three days? And you can just red flag, red flag, red, you can just tick them off. You're old enough to know that you don't play those games. You don't have to be defensive about it, but it's okay to be online and it's okay to deal with awful people. Don't let it break you because for every 15, 20 guys that are awful, there might be one guy that's good. Everybody dates online. Everybody loves to say they hate it, but it works. And if it didn't work, we wouldn't be doing it. And it's a hell of a lot cheaper, easier, and safer than going to a bar every night, going to events. Men don't go to events. All the things that you think you're going to, I'll meet a man at a museum. He's not there. Okay. They're at CrossFit gyms. They're at protein powder conventions. They're at Reddit conventions. (laughs) They're at tire flipping symposiums. Okay. (laughs) They're at indie cinemas to watch like original (laughs) cuts of Quentin Tarantino movies. They're at opening weekend for Jason Bourne movies. Think smarter about where you go. I, when I was like single, I would go where boys were. I'm not going to a chic martini bar where like it's all women who are probably hotter than me. I'm going to go to a bar. I'm going to go to a sports bar. I'm going to go to, I'm just going to think about it a little differently. And yeah, it does get harder as you get older. Be open-minded. It's not about compromising, but you know, evaluate what you really want and then think about where those people might be. But anyways, start with asking your friends. Yeah. And your friends are miserable because they didn't think about what they wanted. Or they're not, and it's just healthy to get frustrated with your partner, but who knows. Now it's time for something no one saw coming. Top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. Uh, fan top? Fan top of the cup. This is from Matt. 
32, Denver. My top of the cob is eating the top of the cob of homemade peach cobbler while listening to the podcast at the top of the cob. Whoa, so meta. (laughs) The peaches are Colorado peaches from Palisade, Colorado, which Eliza should get when I'm at Denver at the end of the month. Okay, well, bring me some to my show at Ball Arena. I didn't know you guys grew peaches. That sounds wonderful. What's your top of the cob, Emily? My top of the cob is I had a big day. I had a big day of animals. Last week, my top of the cob was that baby house gecko. This week, I left my home and walking out the door, there was a full green anole lizard. Whoa. Big guy, several inches next to my door. And I said, oh, you're so cute. And then from there, I went. I was volunteering at a Paws Atlanta Animal uh, place today with the cat. So I went and met a bunch of cats I don't know. Then on my drive home, I saw a flock of geese. Whoa. What a day. What a day. A lizard, strangers, cats, a flock of geese. It was a big day. So that's my top of the cob. A lot of of animals that aren't just these ones that are in my house. Your soap opera would be called, not as the world turns, but as the world gets smaller. (laughs) (laughs) Smaller. (laughs) As the thrills become tinier. (laughs) I'm happy for you. Seeing animals, say a flock of geese is a big deal. That's cool. It's cool. They were crossing the street. I stopped my car and was like, oh, hello. You're like, I only hit two. I know. If you live in upstate New York, you're like, fuck those geese. But it's special. Okay. When I was in New Zealand, I saw black geese and they had red eyes. And I was like, you're unholy, but you're very pretty. My top of the cob is I had a flu shot scheduled for yesterday at four o'clock. And I had just such an incredibly jam-packed day. And at three o'clock, I was done with everything. And I was like, I don't want to wait till four So I just went early because nobody actually knows what's going on. And especially for something like a flu shot where it's not like you're, it's not like a doctor's appointment. And they just took me. And what I loved about it was that I knew they would. I knew it wasn't going to be so packed that they'll be like, we're running behind on flu shots at this random tiny pharmacy. Right. I just love that I knew that the system was bullshit and it was fine. Nobody even asked me what time my appointment was for. Most appointment times are just bullshit. Right. Anyway, I love that. I love that I got it done and I was able to get on with my life. I'm so happy for you. Fan bottom. Yum. Fan bottom. Bottom of the cob. I also thought it was a corn cob. When you go to get a service done like manicure or pedicure and they don't do the correct service, you booked the fancy hacksaw and they only did a basic level. And sure, they charge for the service they did, but you wouldn't have spent money on that normally. Time wasted, money wasted. I still have my swamp monster feet, but now with baby blue toenails. I didn't you to not cut my cuticles and give me a limp Swedish massage with gloves on while you look the other direction. Like, what was that? I agree with that. Well, you got to say something. You're like, I'm, excuse me, I paid for the full Parmesan cheese experience. <laughs> so gross. What's your bottom? My I'm bottom. A dead rat in my toilet it and it shot up and it killed another rat who was looking on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is it is related to my cat because I'm really getting so furious. I might have to send him away. Oh, wow. Zoli is, will not, in the last couple of months has started attacking my television and will not stop. Nothing works. The spray scat, I paid $50 for it, sprays air. Uh, I yell at him. I say, no, I move him. I put him on the ground. I cannot watch television. I cannot watch a movie. I cannot play a video game. I cannot do anything on my TV without him trying to claw the TV up and jump on top of it. And it is my prized possession besides him. And it is, I I hate, the, the real bottom of the cop is I hate feeling true anger towards yeah. an animal like true rage. I feel such anger at him. Like, why are you doing this to me? You know the answer. And I feel bad. You know the answer. You're not going to want to hear it. You're going to get offended. What? Declaw your cat. Declaw your fucking domestic indoor cat. No, okay. Okay. No, it hurts them. But here's okay. the thing. I need to clip his nails more, but it's less, it's more that he's hitting the TV. He's trying to jump on it. He's going to rip it off the wall. Like it just, and I hate that I'm so mad at him and I like can't communicate with him. Like stop and we won't be in this situation. Yeah. Sometimes some animals are incommunicado. Like there are things with Tianfu where I'm like, there's nothing I can do. You're always going to bark at Jorge and I just can't fix it. People don't realize like animals are going to animal. It's like Chris Rock's joke. Yeah. Like about the tiger that went crazy. Like tiger didn't go crazy. Tiger went tiger. In your animal's case, he is the descendant of a tiger trapped in this weird woman's home 
that just has One Tree Hill on loop. And he just took my, he just, he's disrespectful. Right. And I, okay, he is. Okay. what's here? Yeah, what's yeah. yours? All right. I can't fucking stand when I get somewhere and I realize I read it wrong by a half hour. An hour is one thing you have enough time to leave, but a half hour is just enough time to go back to the parking lot. I had an interview at Sirius XM. It was, I could have sworn at noon and I said it was noon to some people. Nobody corrected me. And I get there at 11.49 and she was like, okay, well, your segment's at 12.30. And I was like, what? Positive she was wrong. And I was like, did you think it was weird? I was coming this early. She's like, no, some people are early. And they took me early, which I would then pay back by getting my vaccine early later. But it just fucks your day when you get it wrong. And then it's just like, I guess I'll just die in this waiting room. But they were very cool at the Jess Cable I mean, show. better that than being late. A hundred percent. But it just- Oh, you were on Jess Cagle? I was on Jess Cagle. He is delightful. Uh, your girl, Julia, wasn't there. Excuse you. Things like that. I got to wrap this up because the okay. Chinese woman's going nuts. I will see you. I will see. Stop it. Now go to sleep. I will see you in Austin, in Houston, and at the Texas Trust Theater, bless it, in Grand Prairie, which is a suburb of Dallas, also a Fort Worth. And then I'm going to take a week break. <laughs> then we're coming to you. San Diego Civic Center, Arizona Federal Theater, going to pack it out, and then Ball Arena. And I'm so jacked for this show. Tell your friends who live in other states to come and see it. This show is the biggest show. My dog just ate something off the ground. So if she's okay, then I'll be okay. I'm so I'm looking forward to this. We've got a brand new hour, and it's going to be great. A bunch of you have already come out. And at VIP, you tell me you love the pod, and I love you. <sighs> and remember, <laughs> it's not our cat's behavior we need to change. It's our own mindset. Also the cat. <laughs> <laughs>